in order for us to really get to the heart of our work, to really produce really great work, um, whether that is literally inside of our offers or, you know, in the messaging that we are putting out into the world, we need to develop the skill of consistency and we need to develop the skill of creativity and the skill of writing and those things so that we can be able to do that. And then down the road, you know, my practice might not be every day, but for right now, I'm putting in the reps. Hi, everybody. I'm Allison Ramsey, the Empire Life podcast host, and I'm a mentor, business and life mentor for female business owners who want to scale their companies. And today I'm with special our special guest, Jocelyn Montemarano. I hope I said that right. Um, founder of Connect Through Content, and she's a video and podcast agency. And I'll hand it over to Jocelyn to intro herself a little bit more. Yeah, thanks so much for having me on, Allison. We connected through Facebook and I've enjoyed getting to know you and I'm excited to be here. As Allison mentioned, I'm a video podcast producer and I love supporting entrepreneurs with getting their message out into the world and really making the impact that they want to make on that wide scale level through the work that they do. That's incredible. And I can't wait to dive in to learn more about you. And we'll just go ahead and, and get serious and intense here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and what are some of the challenges that you feel like you've overcame in your industry? And how did these help you to be stronger in your business and continue on to feel like you were even more on the path of success? Yeah, I love this question because my like biggest challenge is something that is pretty ironic for me. Um, for me, my biggest challenge in my own business has been visibility and really determining how I want to show up, which is funny because that's what I support other people with doing. Um, but when I came into the online business world, I had come from a background of magazine journalism and digital innovation, which meant I was working with a lot of really great startups, um, thought leaders, authors, multi-billion dollar brands, all the way to, you know, other coaches and um, small business owners. And when I was working with them, I was working full-time. So they brought me on kind of, of course, as a full-time team member, which meant they had a growing business and they had some budget for content creation. So, you know, especially the larger corporate and startups that have a lot of funding, we could do some really great video shoots and, and things like that. And when I came into the online world, I was faced with two different challenges. The first was really feeling like all of my own videos and my own content needed to be the caliber at which I had been doing for my clients, even though mm. I didn't have, you know, five, six figure budgets to do that with. And so like a lot like, of cameras and yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, I wanted to come out with like the Marie Forleo setup mm. because that's what I was used to doing because clients I had worked with could hire, you know, a video team, um, of like the content strategist and, and maybe a videographer, or if not, at least somebody that could consult mm -hmm. with them on how to design their home studio and the right equipment and things like that. So 
you know, that's what I wanted right out the gate. But of course, when you're starting a business, you don't exactly have the funds for that level of like content creation, or is that, you know, what we need to be doing? So that was a big block for me. Um, And then the second piece of it was really just the way in which, you know, a lot of people in the online industries, you know, coaching and service providers create content a lot differently than how I was creating content and how I was coaching my clients to create content. And I think like many entrepreneurs that come into the online space, I kind of felt like, oh, well, these people have multi six and seven figure businesses. So that that works and that must be, you know, the right way to do it because they had done it for themselves. And even though Mm -hmm. I had done it for clients in a different way, kind of, um, lost that and really started to kind of box myself into kind of the same type of content that was happening within the coaching and online business industries. Um, and that really like tamped me down, especially like my, my personal energy and how I like to show up. And I ended up not showing up like at all in my own content for a while, because putting myself in that box was so challenging and just like met with friction every time. So I really had to learn. And it's been a process that I've really been working on really the past like four to six months of how do I want to show up? How can I lean into what makes me different? How can I actually break free of a lot of the best practices or the shoulds Mm. of content to show up in a way that is aligned for me in a way that, you know, is different than everybody else. Um, So stepping out of that has been something that is, I've had to overcome. Um, but it's also been like a beautiful journey to do that because then it also has allowed me to really coach my clients in a new capacity and guide them in a new way as well. And say, Hey, you know, we can break these rules and you can show up like this and we can do things a lot more creatively and it can still work. It's super true. I actually, a few days ago, I saw Marie Florleo did a video where she was sitting on the floor in her, I it, maybe her bedroom because there was a bed on the side mm-hmm. and I thought that's really unique that's that's different for her mm-hmm. and in a way I appreciate the mix of content yeah if I always see her super curated and her hair is done and she has a stylist that you see uh-huh. coming and it's it's incredible I love I love her hair I love her yeah. <laughs> her uh her studio too yet it's it's a more intimate feel and when it's less curated and you start to get to know I feel like you get to know them more intimately because Mm -hmm. because of that and I mean a personal story I had some clients at one at one point for a year and they were a couple and they released a podcast that became really successful and a couples program for how to have like a really healthy relationship in a powerful way where both people were in alignment and they were doing market research and they were they were living their like a luxury luxurious life and they were showing that and for them that's how they live you know it's it's not like oh we're we're doing this for the cameras and they care a lot about their fashion and presenting presenting a very polished uh, image or front. And 
to showing and displaying that because that's they like sailing and they they dress really nice and you know they're both they look really nice together and they got that feedback when they did the market research that we just really don't feel like we can relate fully to you because we're not quite there yet where we're caring as much about our fashion or we're not a, we're not able to go sailing yet and they were really flabbergasted by that like they were thinking we this is us showing up authentically and as ourselves well we also want to be relating to our ideal clients and them understand that oh they can get there or they were just humans like them and so they started doing more content that was like them sitting and having a conversation or them in their pajamas or like them with their dogs or things Mm -hmm. that were also part of their daily life was showing displaying that we're relate relating it's easy to relate to us yeah that's it's such a great point of like we can embody two different things at the same time right Mm -hmm. like we can be professional and a luxury service provider or a luxury coach that is helping like big, huge goals. And we can also, you know, still be human and still not, you know, have all the bells and whistles or, you know, always be done up, especially since most of us are working from home now, (laughs) you know, like we can be those two things at the same time. And I think COVID really helped to kind of break down that, that barrier a lot too, because it went from, you know, people, you know, uh, even online entrepreneurs working at co-working spaces and stuff to now working at home. And we kind of got that more behind the scenes, intimate, you use that word. And I just think that is such a great word to use, like perspective that we might not have had without COVID kind of breaking down some of these, these walls, like Marie Forleo, great example. She had a beautiful studio and then she was at her second home, I think in Los Angeles during COVID. So she didn't have her set. She didn't have her camera crew, you know, she couldn't fly them out. So she was in a totally different space and that was okay. So I love just like the polarity of, I can be all of these things and also this, and that can be a really big barrier. I think for people mentally is feeling like I can't be professional if I'm you know, like this, a human, or I make mistakes. And it's like, no, we, we can fully show up and embody both of these things of being fully human and also very professional and really good at what we do. Yes. And, and I always think it's great to show up, even if you don't have the perfect equipment or the newest phone Like even if you're going for a walk and you're doing a video, I think it's better than no video. Mm -hmm. Like I think there's tips, like if it's really windy, it's hard for people to hear you, of course, or if there's a fan above you when you're in your house, I think that's really, can be distracting, but those are all things that you learn probably, right? As somebody might even comment on your video, like turn off your fan, dude, or come on, bro. Like what is I, it's distracting me or I couldn't hear you very well. I had somebody mm-hmm. comment on one of my videos. It's really windy. And I didn't know because I can hear myself. Yeah. I didn't know <laughs> that <laughs> I'm doing a live mm-hmm. and I can't feel the wind that much, but any kind of wind is easy to pick up on when you're doing a video outside 
or different times of day and how sunny it is. And you might be squinting into the camera, but even then you're still learning and you're getting the content out there and people are getting to know you and you can improve on that instead of starting from zero or waiting until, oh, I have the, mm -hmm. the perfect podcast mic, which I think I've had this now a year and a half. But before I was working, I mean, I still can work from anywhere, but when I'm at home, I have a better setup for my podcast. Mm -hmm. At the beginning, I had the, you know, the Apple headphones that I got for free with my phone. And yeah. <laughs> that's great. That's some still amazing content. And I'm just springboarding from there. And I think especially you know, supporting female business owners, that's something that comes up a lot that I hear. Well, I don't have X, Y, Z. So I need to wait mm -hmm. until I do. Like you were saying, I need to wait till I have this camera, this microphone. And what do you have now? It's it's better to get started in building your online communities, your platform. And I remember I even saw one of Marie Forleo's first videos ever that she did uh, shortly after it came out because I was a new business owner. That was my first company in my early 20s. And this is my third company at this point. But she was already mentoring. I think her focus even right now is more on beginning businesses. And I was in that that phase at that time. So I was thinking about joining B-School and I was watching her video and I remember one of hers, she didn't have, she was using her computer camera and it, you know, they weren't as great then on the MacBooks as they are now. And she was in her kitchen and her boyfriend or her, um, I don't know if they're, they're not married, right? Or her fiance or sure. the, her, par her partner was walking mm -hmm. behind her um, in the kitchen and she was like, hey, what are you doing? Hi, just like, the whole video. It's like, who is this person? Like, why is she in her kitchen? Even with that, I thought, I, I'm just glad that she's here. I'm just glad that she's showing up and she has mm -hmm. a voice because I'm wanting to listen to her voice. It didn't mm -hmm. matter to me. All those exactly. other things that were going on. Mm -hmm. Exactly. And I, I want to dive into the next one is a little less intense. And how how do you feel like is the best way to have a morning routine or something? I mean, your skin is glowing, so I'm glad I'm asking this. <laughs> <laughs> Funny enough, um, I don't have like a skincare routine. Um, I gua sha, that's like, that's oh, amazing. Washwa and facial oil. And, and that's, uh, that's it. I'm just, I have very good genetics from my mother, my grandmother's. <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, for me, I never really had a morning routine that was like super specific to like being an entrepreneur, being a CEO or things like that. Um, but I will say there's really two things that are like must do's for me. And one of them is just getting outside with typically with my dog, sometimes with my husband too, um, depending on how our schedules line up, but really getting outside because that just like gives me like energy. Um, and I think it's just really underrated, like especially working from home, 
like physically getting outside, getting sun early in the morning is just like such a beautiful way to start your day and, and start from like a grounded, clear place rather than like, gotta wake up and hustle and and do all these things. Um, And then the second thing that I've really been leaning into, particularly this year, since the start of the new year has been writing every day before I officially like clock in, (laughs) if you will, for my like start of my actual work day, I make sure that I do some type of writing just to get in that practice. Probably currently 80% of it isn't getting published at all, but it's just creating this space for myself to start exploring ideas, carving out time to kind of let ideas come to me and get into this habit of writing. Um, Because I really am a big believer that Um, in order for us to really get to the heart of our work, to really produce really great work, um, whether that is literally inside of our offers or, you know, in the messaging that we are putting out into the world, we need to develop the skill of consistency and we need to develop the skill of creativity and the skill of writing and those things so that we can be able to do that. And then down the road, you know, my practice might not be every day, but for right now, I'm putting in the reps. Um, that's kind of a term in the creative industry that we say a lot is like in the early days, you need to put in the reps and do it all the time. Um, and then you'll get better and better. Similarly to like lifting weights or something, mm-hmm. you're going to start with those like five pounders. And then when you get better and you build that muscle, you're going to, you know, pick up heavy weight, your reps will become, you know, lesser and lesser. And I can go from, you know, instead of daily creation to weekly to monthly quarterly. And that just kind of um, is there for me, but that really that daily practice of just writing something um, and just letting that flow and just allowing it to be absolutely terrible or the most profound thing I've ever conceptualized is what that space is for. So that's been a really fun practice for me this year. Is it a journal that you write in? Or- yep, I handwrite. Yep, I handwrite all of my ideas, all of the content there first before I open the doc on Google. Because first, you know, it's just it's that it's that space. It's the cup of tea and the journal and the pen to paper that really makes a difference for me. Um, and for a lot of my clients, I know too. They just enjoy that practice. That's a great practice. I I started practicing too. I mean, more to do with like productivity that I write out it just kind of brain dump like Sunday night or Monday morning on all the things I want to get done during the week and then look at that list and kind of break them down for throughout the week and then I'll check them off mm-hmm. I noticed that I would make that list before I started implementing the practice I would do that on my computer and then I'd be constantly checking the computer and it feels it's just different well, it's better for my eyes because I'm on the computer almost all day. So I, anytime, like you were saying, to handwrite something, to get your eyes off of the computer, off of electronics mm-hmm. and checking things off or writing lists, is, it feels great for me. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> absolutely. I'm the same way. I'm a, I'm a Virgo. So like list oh. checking is like in our DNA. 
<laughs> oh, it is. Yes. Yeah. I, I have Virgo in my house, like in my, yeah. uh, well, I, I don't know. I don't remember the name of that house, but there's like the 12 houses. Yeah. I have, I have a lot of Virgo in some of my houses and one of them is like how I like my house organized. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> checklist, <laughs> checklist, and everybody yeah. has a checklist. Yeah, absolutely. For, for cleaning, and there's a place for everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, it's important. I was just having a conversation with my fiance before this. Like, make sure that you put this back in the right place. <laughs> About <laughs> yep. something, she's like, every "I'm day. working on it. I'm working on it." <laughs> you do that every day. Oh yeah, of course. <laughs> yeah. You're like, this has a place. Yeah. It has a home. My Virgo brain <laughs> just functions a lot differently than <laughs> my husband's. Yeah, I've been called a, a neat freak sometimes. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. I'm not necessarily a neat freak. It's just everything has a place. Come on, guys. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I get you. I, I'm with you on that. Yes. And I'm wondering, Jocelyn, is do you go by your full name? Mm-hmm. You, yeah. You, okay. Uh, me too. Sometimes people ask me if I shorten it, and I I love Allison too. Jocelyn's mm-hmm. a beautiful name. Thank you. So I was wondering, Jocelyn, how what do you do, or maybe it's handwriting in your journal when you start to feel some resistance coming up. How do you handle that? Yeah. I mean, anytime I feel resistance, and this has been a huge practice for me. I think we all go through this as an entrepreneur because you can't build a business and you can't be successful without doing a lot of this like personal work yourself too. Um, so this is something I've been focusing a lot on, um, again, in the past like year or so, but anytime I feel resistance, it's a sign to me that something is out of alignment, something Mm -hmm. somewhere like your business, your whole life should really be flowing. Um, and especially your business. So when there is that resistance and oftentimes for me, resistance can feel like fear, um, because it comes up as like, I'm resisting doing what I need to do because some type of fear is arising in me that is pulling me towards doing something that I, I don't need to be doing. You know, it's like, if you feel like, you know, I had a month without sales and I was like, oh my God, I need to, I need a new offer. Like people are tired of hearing of this one offer. Right. So I was resisting selling my existing beautiful offer that my clients love and I love delivering. And that was kind of like initiated from this place of fear. So I really look for like, where am I experiencing fear? And then how is that causing me to experience kind of resistance to what I actually need to be doing versus like all of the distractions or those, um, you know, little whispers in your ear from, you know, who knows what that are just telling you to do something else. Um, so yeah, anytime that I notice that resistance, it's usually taking it to a breathwork practice. Um, also maybe a little bit of hypnotherapy is really supportive to me Mm. too, to do some like visualization of where am I out of alignment? Where did this kind of all stem from? And then how can I get back into alignment? What does feel really good? What is coming from a place of safety, security, and trust versus that place of like, fear and doubt and, um, those types of emotions. Yes. Yeah. I, I completely agree with all of that. And I think it's important 
to understand that it becomes, it's a very different energy when you see someone in our space who continues to come out with new offers. I mean, for someone from the outside looking in mm-hmm. as opposed or in instead of a person saying, okay, uh, such as Marie Forleo, like we were talking about with B-School, she's been doing that for now, I don't know how long. Yeah, like 20 years almost. (laughs) And it's tried and true and millions of testimonials. And it comes Mm -hmm. from a solid, grounded, super confident space where she's saying, okay, I'm going to do this this many months and then it's going to be closed and then it's going to be open. I think now it's only open once a year mm-hmm. even. I know she came out with the copy cure, but that was maybe a, f- a few months ago or recently. It's mostly been B-School. And I think that's a great example of coming from uh, uh, abundance. Mm-hmm. I, was, I was trying to think of instead of a lack of or a frantic space of I need to put out this new program or this new offer, but I'm just kind of throwing things at the wall. And I don't know what, what yeah. I've had clients tell me that let's just throw it at the wall and see what sticks. I'm like, well, yeah. I think it would be better to take a step back and think through really have us like really think through this and think through our ideal client and what's going to support them and make it of high value rather than something that was fast or quick. And it feels more out of uh, feeling, I want to say desperate, even like it gives, it might give that energy Mm -hmm, to where this person really needs this. And we always want to buy from people that were like, oh, they'll be fine if we don't buy from them. Like, it'll be okay. Like, we want, I think, as buyers or consumers, we want to buy from somebody who we're adding to their life, not like we have to buy from them and they're going to keep bothering us to the point where we have to block (laughs) them or something, you know? (laughs) Yeah, yeah. And, you know, something I, I didn't mention, but as you were talking, especially about Marie, I love that we're using her as such like an example for everything, but, um, you know, something that has been so important to me on this journey too, is really like aligning and defining my mission, because I often find that when resistance does come up, it's because I'm doing something that isn't Mm -hmm. in the highest level of support in the direction of my mission. And again, like that, that's when those like sidetracked, like small goals or those moments of fear or those moments of like, oh my God, I didn't have a sale this month. And, and those types of distractions, like take us off of our path of our, of our mission. And like, I consider like what I do. And I work with a lot of clients who like their business is their life's work. So when you are really aligning with like a really profound, important mission that is like deep to your core and not just like to make millionaires or to make a million dollars or or something like that, but something that's like really, really impactful. And then you look at like, how are each of my actions in my business and in my personal life really aligning to this and then things flow. So that's also been really important. And like, 
me vetting my decisions when I am facing resistance, because then I can tell like, oh, I, I got off the path of the mission, something, something was tempting or something was distracting or something was pulling me, but this is my mission. And I think that speaks to, um, you know, why Marie has done B-School for so long. Oh, I wanted to go ahead and move on to the next one, Jocelyn. And how do you feel like a story is something that like maybe the first one that comes to your mind and a childhood story that reflects why you do what you do right now? Yeah, it's, um, this is a beautiful question because it really gets at the heart of, I think a lot of entrepreneurs like journeys, like I knew from fourth grade definitively that I would be like a writer, um, in some type of capacity, I would be sharing stories and that's what I leaned into. Like my entire life after fourth grade. (laughs) So it's like funny to me to look back because it was a school assembly when we had like some, you know, young adult or child author come and like speak to our fourth grade class and just her sharing her story about telling stories and like how powerful that was. And the work she was doing literally left such an imprint on me that I knew I also wanted to tell stories um, and to, to bring good to the world and help change the world through the power of story. And, you know, of course that has evolved now that we have like the internet and Instagram and YouTube and podcasts, all these things that, you know, did not exist when I was in fourth grade. Um, but it's just like such a beautiful connection to see like little fourth grade me being so inspired. And I can literally just remember that, that assembly, um, And just knowing that I needed to tell stories and that was going to be how I could contribute to making the world a better place because I'm always so inspired by all of these other people who have such incredible gifts and such incredible work that they are doing, but storytelling and content and, you know, doing things like that isn't their strong suit, you know? they can communicate, but you know, they can't produce, they can't, you know, optimize like all of these things. And I love helping them, um, to be able to do that. So little fourth grade me would, would definitely be very proud of my journey. (laughs) I'm sure, I'm sure she would be. And I, you reminded me sometimes when I've been at some events or speaking at some events and I meet someone at the event and, really connect with them and then I go home and I think I'm gonna follow them on Instagram or and look at their Pinterest and it's almost like there's nothing there or it doesn't match with the person that I met. And I'm like, wah 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 like what why why is this so sad? I really connected with them and they're so different in person translating the in who you really are online, like you were saying and developing that content Mm -hmm. and super communicating your mission. Well, one, it takes time to build that, but there is a production, there is a production value in that that you're talking about. Yeah. And I love what you just like brought up of like, we can only make so many connections in person, right? Like, yeah, that's, that's not, 
how we can make a widespread impact. We can make a deep impact that way. But when we're at that level of wanting to make a widespread impact, you digital is the way to do that. You know, we can't possibly go out and meet a hundred, a thousand, a hundred thousand, a million people. We're, we're human, exactly. but our work has the potential to impact that many people. So being in that digital landscape and showing up as, as it feels like you would in person is such a beautiful act of service to, to really be like a vessel for, for your mission. So with wrapping up Jocelyn, before we hop off, I wanted to ask you, what do you feel like, especially with what you know now and having a successful business? And if you were starting a new business, like let's say tomorrow, what do you feel like are the top three concepts that you really want to leave the audience with? Yeah. Great question. Cause there's so much <laughs> I would have wished to. I think the, the biggest one is, is trusting yourself. Um, and I, I think a lot of times we come into the online space. I know for me, we're looking to a coach. We're looking for somebody to give us the magic formula, make us six or seven figures, whatever the sexy thing is for us, like to just give it to us, like right, right there and follow everything that they do. And in that process, while, while some of their information can be helpful, we can also lose ourselves a bit in that. So Definitely for me, like a lot of my growth has happened by learning to trust myself, to lean into what feels good for me and to be able to decipher, Hey, this coach shared something that feels really good to me. And that same coach shared something that, you know what, that, that doesn't resonate with me and that's okay. So learning to take and leave like what feels good and what doesn't feel good, learning to show up kind of in the way that feels good to make an offer that feels good. Um, so that first piece is really just learning to trust yourself and bringing yourself into the equation and not fully just kind of outsourcing all of your decisions and relying on somebody else to tell you exactly what to do, even though it can be so <laughs> tempting um, to think that because they have had had that success. Um, I think the second thing too is really to think about the, for me, it was thinking about like a lot of the energy behind the type of business that I wanted, um, rather than a specific business model. Mm -hmm. I tried to start this with a course and a coach group coaching program for like a year and a half before I created my service. And, and now I'm, you know, growing this into an agency because I was like, oh, this is so passive. This is, you know, what, what's so easy to scale. Like my, sets like that, but it wasn't aligned with the deep work that I like to do with my clients. Mm -hmm. So when I took that back and I started to explore like, okay, what, what do I want my business to do? I was like, I do want a business that, you know, I'm not working 60 hours. I'm not working 40 hours, even, you know, that I have that flexibility. I want something where I'm doing deep work with my clients and I do have a lot of involvement with them. And so when I started just kind of listing out more of like 
the energy of what I wanted my business to feel like, I realized that that was possible in a service-based business, even though a lot of the messaging I was receiving via ads and, and content at the time was like, the only way, way to scale is to create a course or the only way to scale is to create a group program. So um, yeah, just really leaning into like what you want your business to feel like and, and knowing that nearly any of these business models can support that. So, you know, it's just making that possible for yourself and kind of removing a lot of, a lot of the noise of, of what we can hear of like, this is the only way to do something. It's, it's, it's um, a great point. Yeah. I, I, I think, you know, those are beginner mindsets and beginner mistakes of just feeling like there's only one way to do something. There's only one way. Um, so as soon as you can break free from like that idea and recognize that, you know, anything will work. It's just a matter of, you know, figuring out what that looks like uniquely for you. Um, and then the third piece is, you know, figuring out kind of what investments are most worthwhile um, and what you need right now. There was a lot of things that I invested in based on urgency, lots of live launches that like just seem sexy. And then they were like, we're not opening doors for another year. And I would be like, oh my God, I need to buy it. Cause like, I don't need it right now, but I definitely want it before next year. <laughs> and that led me to a lot of investments that weren't right for me based out mm -hmm. of that place of like, them poking at urgency for me and me kind of like just not knowing how to make really great decisions. I currently only invest in something that I'm actively going to work on right now and give a hundred percent and be in the best position to succeed in that program, in that service, whatever it might be. Um, and this year too, just as like an insight for people, I'm not investing into any strategy. Um, actually last year I didn't invest in any strategy either, like any coaching in that capacity around like a specific strategy or things like that, really leaning into developing more of my, my self-work because the more I develop my own intuition, trust myself more and things like that, the strategy flows and the strategy works. And I'm not looking to the outside for somebody to dictate how to do something, but I'm mm. turning inward and, you know. I, I have the strategy. Um, so that's been a beautiful like evolution in my journey as well that again, oh, I wish it was beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. It was, was, I'm a huge advocate of therapist and counseling. And we were just talking about that in the green room. And I think the more we process, we're, we become light years ahead. You know, when it's as if we're not carrying around this kind of heaviness or rocks in a bag, our resentment. I mean, I, I kind of see like rocks as resentment if we're drag, dragging those around with us or we're trying to give them to our kids in the future instead of we're kind of breaking the rocks down and then, okay, I can, I can let that one go. I can let this one go. And we become lighter. And like you said, able to trust our intuition more and turn inward. And something came up for me the other day where I hit it almost like a road bump. I I hit it and then I thought, how am I going to deal with this? Is not what I expected. And immediately I went inward and thought, I always figure out a way. I just need to let this sit a little and the solution will come to me because it always comes to me. 
I may not know it right now and that's okay. Maybe I can go stretch or work out or do something that's going to be nourishing to me in the moment. And the solution did come and it, 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 trusting my intuition that it will come because it's there and it's always there. It's, it's a huge leap for me. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. It's, it's Uh so true. It's a definitely underrated business skill. Intuition will get you a lot further than any like copy and paste strategy will. So I love that you shared that. Yes, completely. And sometimes it's not the right time. Like you were saying, maybe in three years, it'll feel like the right time for you to look into strategy again. But like trusting the intuition, trusting in that moment, like this is what I need. You know, I need to focus on, you know, journaling or processing some of these things that are coming up for me and self-worth, like you talked about. And then maybe in six months, I'm going to feel differently. But I have this kind of flexibility and openness within myself that I can ask myself even, what do I need today? Do I need to do more strategic things? Or I feel like I kind of flow into that even on a day on a daily basis or a weekly basis. And certain days are for more socializing and certain days are for more strategy and give myself the space. But if I didn't feel, there's been days when maybe I needed to reschedule all my podcasts because I needed more introspective time, right? And even though it was a social day, I think it's great to still have the flexibility. That's the whole reason why we have our own businesses. It's part of the reason. Yeah, I love that. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. To have the freedom. Well, it was Mm -hmm. so great chatting with you, Jocelyn. And we'll make sure that we include all your social media links and how people can get in touch with you in the show notes. And thank you for being here today. Yeah. Thank you so much, Allison. I enjoyed our conversation and thanks for asking things that are, that are really interesting and different than what I've been asked before too. So that was fun. 